Aloha, good morning. Hey, so far the first service has been energetic, pumped up. Give me some amens. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm just setting a timer because I could go on for like an hour. It's like I could get this preacher blood in me and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that. All right. So I am excited to share with all of you. And, um, and chat with all of you this, this morning. And uh, this is my third week preaching. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, Tom, it's three weeks. I think we've been in Hawaii a month and we love it. Went uh, uh, snorkeling yesterday while it was raining because there was a baby shower here. By the way, everyone involved with the baby shower for my wife, Kaz, she's a past pastor, Kaz, and, and, and Ashley, our worship director, baby shower for the two of them. Thank you so much. I mean, seriously, I think we got more gifts than we did at our wedding. And I think we had a thousand people at our wedding. I don't I'm just saying. <laughs> so thank you, and thank you to Pastor Marie for, for organizing all of that. It was a lot of, it was amazing, so... So we have these 12 stones up here, and uh, as a reminder, the 12 stones were because a reminder that when Joshua um, went into, going into the promised land, there was a barrier, and that barrier was the Jordan River, and they had the Ark of the Covenant carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they put their toes on the tip of the water there, and then the waters receded, and everyone walked through, and the Lord told uh, Joshua, he says, here's the deal. Go and get those 12 stones. And once you get those 12 stones, one from each tribe, bring them back as a monument to remember what God has done. Not to worship it, but to remember. And we are going through a series where we've been and where we're going. And this series is so appropriate for where we are because it's important to remember where we've been. It's important to remember the trailblazers who have gone before us. It's important to remember all of those things because if we don't remember where we've been, we're not honoring the past. So my hope and goal is that we honor the past of where we have been as a church and then we cast vision for the future. Is that exciting? Bam, that's what we're going to do. I'm glad we're all on the same page. But here's the Jordan River, right? There's an obstacle here. And if we want to think about this in terms of a metaphorical sense, there are obstacles in our lives every single day. Just take a moment and think about some of the obstacles in your lives right now. Is it maybe some type of mental illness? Is it some type of stress? Is it work? Is it a relation, relational issue? Is it a financial issue? The list could go on and on and on. But what are those barriers in our lives Let's remember that with those barriers, we have a God that can break through those barriers. We have a God that can break through all of these hardships in our lives. And it might not, may not be on our timing, right? But the challenge for us is to trust God through those barriers. 
And that's what we have this Jordan River. It's a great example of a barrier and this water receding. When the water receded, they walked right through it and they were remembered. And I love what Joshua said. We have this monument here so we could tell our kids. Joshua was concerned about the next generation. And what I love about our church is that we are excited about the next generation. Amen? And we want this next generation to rise up because we know. And when I met with uh, Pastor Ron and when I met with Norman and when I met with Dee, one of the things they, 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 they emphasized was, was the youth. They knew that it was like this is time for bringing in the youth and bringing in this next generation as well. And it was kind of cool because all of us have a part in that. Is that exciting? And so Joshua says, here are the 12 stones. When your kids come and ask you, what are these 12 stones all about? Tell them what God has done, what God did do, and what God will continue to do. That's exciting. And that's Joshua speaking in to the vision and to the hearts of to the, to the, to the upcoming generation. And so we have a lot of things going on here. And the the book of Deuteronomy, if you have your Bibles or if you have an app, you can turn to Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, it's a, it's a fascinating passage because we're going to learn about why the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. So this story here with the rocks and all of that, that took place right after the 40 years of when the Israelites were in wandering in the wilderness. Why were they wandering in the wilderness? Here's where we come in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 27. You grumbled in your tents. I love that word grumbled. You grumbled in your tents. It's like a picture. Like I don't know. It's just my crazy brain. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They said the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with the walls up to the sky. We even saw the Amorites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in, G in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you see how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in the fire by night and a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. The verse 34, here we go. When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors except Caleb. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Forty years after that, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And they were 
just wandering. There wasn't vision. There wasn't guidance. It was just wandering. They were, they were disobedient to God and they wandered. But if we look at this in, in kind of our lives, there are times when we have these wilderness moments in our lives as well. These wilderness moments of, God, where are you? Have you ever asked that question? Ever asked that question, like, God, why did you let this happen to me? I think we all have asked questions like this. Our church has been in moments of wilderness. And so from the 1930s to the 1960s, we have dubbed these years the wilderness years of Kai McKee Christian Church. See, here's what has happened. In 1925, our first pastor, Chris Benny, came on staff. And he did some great things for five years. He actually was instrumental in purchasing this building. It wasn't as big and nice as this. It was a smaller part. But the first worship sanctuary, he did some, some, some great things. And, uh, and then he left in 1930. And if you remember, in 1930, well, really 1929 to 1939, the Great Depression hit. And so from 19 30 to 1960 of the Great Depression in there, you have pastors coming and going. And the average tenure of a pastor during these 30 years, two years. Can I say something? We have been so blessed that our last two pastors have been here for decades Pastor Ron, Pastor Harold, for decades, during this 30-year period, two years was the average tenure of a senior pastor. That is not healthy. There is no vision during these 30 years. There is no direction during these 30 years. People are just saying, what should we do? I don't know. Do you want to do it? Sure, why not? There's no direction. So it's just a small little group. And the church was always threatened, being threatened to shut down because of financial problems. And there were great people who gave, like Bill and Hazel Rasman, who were able to support the church financially. But there wasn't any leadership. And then in 1940, we see a start a buildup on the islands of military. 1940, the military is calling men to say, come work for us. And then all of a sudden, all these men are working. And it starts getting up to seven days a week. Work, work, work. And they're building supplies for the military. And then in 1941... The world, what we call, is the sleeping giant of America awoke. And then we were entered into the war. And then during that time, we had more people being enlisted into the war. And then during that time, we had more people working here on the islands providing for the supplies of the war. So what did that mean? That meant people coming to church. They're looking around and they're like, there's not a lot of men here. Why? Because they're out and the war, they were working on Sundays as well, making supplies for the war. And here's something fascinating that happened during this time here. You had the women who were here. And they're looking around and they're like, huh, who's going to serve communion? Now, that might sound silly to ask, but let me explain something. That in this time, in the 1940s, women weren't allowed to serve communion. Is that crazy? Just say that's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. But that's how it was back then. So the women, they said, we want to remember what Jesus did. 
And every week, we take the bread, we take the juice, and we remember the sacrifice of Christ. And we're not supposed to do this, but we're going to do it because Christ is bigger than these man-made rules. And the women started serving communion. And can I tell you who the unsung heroes were during this wilderness years? The women. Because they stepped up. And they saw a need just like Maud Foster did. We talked about that last week. In 1909, saw a need. And she stepped up and started this Sunday school where, where in 1909, the early 1900s, she had 200 kids coming to her Sunday school. And then these women during this wilderness year stepped up and said, we are going to make a difference. The women were the ones who were like, we're going to take care of our kids. The women were the ones where we're going to take care of the facility. The women were the ones that we're going to reach out. The women were the ones who stepped up to follow Christ because they believed that Christ had a mission and a purpose for them. And it was a beautiful thing that these women stepped up. Well, then, the war was over. The men came back. You know, and they're like, yep. All right, the men's back. We'll serve communion now. With their tie on, their four-piece suit or three-piece suit or whatever. It's, I don't even remember what they're called anymore because I, I have, like, one suit and I don't fit into it anymore, but you know what I mean, the suit and all that stuff. And, and so they did all that, right? They, 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 they did that, but the men came back, and it was like business as usual. But then something changed, and here we see the importance of leadership. Say the word leadership. Leadership, leadership was so important because in 1961, Pastor Harold Gallagher came in 1961, and Pastor Harold came, and here's what he did. He met with the people of the church. He said, tell me your thoughts. I want to hear you. I want to find out the needs. And then over time, what the church had for the first time in a long, long, long time was a sense of security. Because here was a, a pastor from the mainland coming to the islands, and they said, this man is going to stay. And there was security in that. And Harold, everything I know, I've, I've never met him, but I've talked to people about him after service Friday. I've talked to his son, Mark, of course, about his dad. And, and it was amazing hearing these stories about Harold Gallagher and what he was doing. So, so during this time, though, when a new pastor comes in, you need somebody, people to support you. And there were people during that time who are still here today who are supporting Pastor Gallagher. Bill was one of them. Bill Yamada was one of them. One of the first people who said, I got your back. I'm going to support you. And, and then what I understand is that there was this shorty, shorty Kwan. And his dad supported Harold. And other people supported Harold. And Harold had the support of the church. And he started to do things. Here are some of the things he started to do. The first thing he started to do, or that he did, was back in those days, there was segregation in the church. And the Asians had to sit in the back. Is that horrific? I'm talking to Mark earlier this week. And I said, I said, I said wait, wait, wait a minute. Asians had to sit in the back? He said, yeah. He said, when my dad came, he said, That's, we're not doing that anymore. 
because the kingdom of God is all nationalities. It's men and women working together. Amen? And so Harold came. He provided leadership. He says, we're not doing that anymore. We are a family. And then he brought on the first Asian elders. We think like, duh, that makes sense, right? But let me tell you, the things we take for granted, these trailblazers, these, these, these moments of things that we remember, right? We need to remember and honor the trailblazers who came before us. People like Pastor Ron, people like Pastor Harold, people like Bill, who did some amazing things. Things we take for granted. And now we have these elders. We have, we have Asian elders, which is like, I don't get it. And Bill, I believe, was one of the first Asian elders. Is that right? And now Bill is Elder Emeritus. He's a legend. Whenever you talk to him, say, you are a legend. I love you. Amen, <laughs> hey, Bill. Pastor Harold came, he cast vision about the restoration movement. And Harold's thinking was always this, in faith, unity. Remember this? In faith, unity. Say unity. In opinions, liberty. Say liberty. That means if your opinion's different than mine, guess what? That's okay. We're not going to agree on everything, especially when it comes to you fill in that topic, whatever topic it is that you have is that, that there's arguments about, which is pretty much everything. So, so here we go. In faith, unity, in opinions, liberty, and in all things, love. And Harold started meeting the needs of the people, and he started honoring people, and he started loving people. And one of the things I see in the history of this church here is a way to honor people. And one of the things I want to do now is I want to honor all those who have served. This is Veterans Day weekend. And, and if you've served in the military at any capacity or you are a current member of the military, we want you just to stand and we want to recognize you and honor you and say thank you for your service to our country. So if you've served, please stand. want to honor you. We want to say thank you for your service and your dedication to our country and all that you've been through. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The more I learn about the history of our church, the more I'm impressed with it. And, and, and uh, in, a, in a different sermon, we'll, I'll talk about kind of what led our family here more in detail, which is definitely a God moment, a God God working in the lives of my family, of the elders, of the staff, of the church. It's, it's, it's amazing. But, but, but what I love about all of this is that we have people serving one another. We have people honoring one another. In John chapter 13, write this passage down and you could, you could read it later. In John chapter 13, before the Passover meal was, ser- was going to be served, Jesus did something just mind-blowing. The disciples were round, reclining, um, you know, and, and, and at that custom they came to the, the house and somebody was supposed to wash their feet. Nobody was washing their feet. So Jesus gets up, he, write, he wraps a towel around his waist, 
gets a bowl, gets water, and he washes the disciples' feet. And at the very end, Jesus says, what I've done for you is I've set for you an example. Go and do likewise. And in John 13, John 13, John 13, John 13. If nothing else, you can be like, you're going to remember John 13. He went and he told the disciples, serve others. And as I look at the history of our church, as I look at the trail blazers, like Harold and Ron and Bill and others we're going to talk about, I see men and I see women who were servants. They served others and by that way they're being leaders. And may you and I be leaders because we are called to be servant leaders. John 13 and others, Jesus came, he says, I came to serve you, to serve me, not to be served. So servant leaders are important. Oh, and then when, um, when Pastor Harold came, something else happened. These people started coming, people who are listening to like the devil's music, the Beatles. <laughs> oh, 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 Led Zeppelin. Uh-oh, and, and, and everything else. And then these hippies, right, listening to this type of music, they started coming here. They started coming to Kaimuki Christian Church. They started coming to Hawaii because they realized they could wear their shorts, their sandals, their shirts all year round. I've been in some parts of the Midwest where it got down to 10 degrees. 10. I didn't know it got that cold. You walk outside and your face hurts. But here what is beautiful about all of this here is that, is that, is that, is that there is a man by the name of Craig. Craig Eng Engler. Who knows Craig Engler? Craig Engler was a hippie. One of those people. He met a street... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just spitting on the front row here. <laughs> Need like a little shield. He met a street preacher. And I'm not big on street preachers, but it worked. God uses people in all different ways. This street preacher converted through the Holy Spirit, Craig. So here is Craig, a hippie. He finds the Lord. He also knew about the reputation of Kaimiki Christian Church. That was a church that was loving and willing to accept people like him, willing to walk alongside him and do life and disciple him. And he wanted to see if it was true. He came, found out it was true, and guess what? He starts telling his other hippie friends, let me tell you about Jesus. And then all of a sudden these hippies, long hair, not taking baths, listening to this, you know, this rock and roll mu music of the, you know. <laughs> I could go on and on. I'm going to finish up soon, I promise. My timer is here. <laughs> the children's people are like, are they done yet? All right. So we got, we got Craig. And he started bringing people. And now Craig is a mega church pastor on the island of Maui. We have other people during this time here. We have other people during this, this time here doing an amazing thing like Jerry Thayer, who is working with Athletes in Action, Division of Crew, which used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. We have Hal and Lana Jones who started coming. And then, and then Hal and Lana and, and, and Jerry, they started bringing students from UH here. 
there was this huge like influx. People, it was leaders developing leaders. It was leaders speaking into the lives of other people. It was community Christian church believing in people. Believing in people saying, you can do this. You have a mission. We will empower you to do that. That's what was going on during this time here under, under, the, uh, uh, under the guidance of um, Pastor Harold Gallagher. And the band could come on this note here. And here's what's amazing. During the time here is we have other people. We have Craig who became a mega church pastor. We have Jason uh, Thayer, athletes in action. Then we have David and, and Marsha Van Wagenen over here. They, they were missionaries in Africa for many years. And, and then they came back, and their, their volunteers extraordinaire. Then we have Lillian Martin, who was an African-American woman. I say that because if you, during this time, women weren't like, it was like women and men, right? This church believed in women. Not only that, she was a woman of color. And this church, our church, believed in her, sent her as a missionary to, to, to Thailand and to Africa to be a nurse. Again, this church is trailblazers being trail we're we're on the forefront of sending people out and going against the grain of a culture to say no 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 it's only like this but we're working with people and we're sending out missionaries and I'm going to close on this no as we look to the future we're going to reach people and we're going to reach the next generation this church is a church that is ready to grow. This church, our church, is primed to grow. The first meeting I had with Pastor Ron and with Norman was a, 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 a meeting about vision of what could be. And we have this 2020 vision with this aerial view of what's going to happen here in, in the church and all the different building projects. But the cool part about this is, is Pastor Ron had this vision back in 2006, and it was a vision of continuing to grow. And so we are going to continue that vision, and we're going to go full force because the kingdom is so much bigger. And there's so many people who need Jesus. And what you see here, we got the school on this side. That building there is not built yet. We're going to build it because the school is going to grow. The building in the back there is actually a four-story uh, parking structure and a gymnasium on top. We're going to reach out to the community with that. We're not sure when we're going to do all this or anything, but this is what's going to happen. This is the vision. And then this little green area there, that's kids running around playing tag and hide and seek. And that is an area where, where it says to the community, you are welcome here. We are going to grow and we're going to reach people. But here's the deal. It takes all of us. Amen. It takes all of us to say, I can do this. So, so my challenge for this as we sing this song is for us to think about what is my role in the kingdom? What is my role and what's going to happen next? What is my role to say, God, you know, may your Holy Spirit work in and through me. Because God is not done with, with Kamuki Christian Church. Amen. God has so much in store for us. It seems like there's these moments, there's these moments, there's these moments. And now we're in another moment. And now God's saying, all right. Let's do this. You all ready? Amen? Let's stand together and sing.